Come on. 
Good morning. Come on, somebody say good morning. Listen, you know what time it is. Listen, it's a good day. It's a blessed day. It's a blessed day because we are in a new day in the land of the living. On a Wednesday morning, listen, we're in God's neighborhood. That makes today a brighter day. This is Prophet J. Prophet is And listen, we're brighter days in the morning. I'm just one half of the brighter day morning show. All by myself, I'm not that good flying solo, but I tend to think we make a dynamic duo, like two peas in a pod, not twins, more like Twix. We give you something sweet, but some real substance in the mix. That means you gotta chew on what you've heard and what you learned. And listen, it's always Christ's perspective and we apply it with the word. We are simply a voice to provoke and inspire, but it calls an awakening in you. That's our greatest desire. That awakening brings life. And when we speak, we are simply speaking the keys to life. This is Inspiration360Radio.com, home of inspiration, motivation, and transformation. Listen, we're going to start off once again by simply saying, man, it's a good day today. It's a blessed day. It's a holy day. It's an acceptable day. I want you to rejoice and know that today is going to be a good day for you. If yesterday was a bit dark and gloomy, then know that today God is thinking of you truly. So listen, we honor God for another day. We honor God for a blessed day, for a new morning. Listen, we didn't have to see the day, but listen, we did. And it's not by any strength of our own. It's because of the grace of God. And so listen, I do this every time we come on the show. Before we get started with everything, we simply want to go to God and give thanks for a new day. And come on, y'all, let me say something. Regardless of what we're going through, regardless of what you're going through, it's a good day. And I feel God even this morning just off the break, off of starting. I'm feeling the spirit of the Lord. I feel the Lord in the room. And so listen, I want you to know, and I want you to begin to change your words, change your thinking, begin to change your speech. Let there be a metamorphosis in your mind, a transformation that you begin to speak differently. Your outlook is differently. Your perception, your perspective, it's different. I would challenge you to begin to see things the way your heavenly father sees not from our level, because our level is from a lower place. But when you begin to see the way he sees things, you see from a greater level, from a greater place, from a greater elevation. You see from a heavenly perspective. You see from God's scope. And his scope is a heavenly perspective. So I would challenge you to stop seeing your situation through your own eyes and see what the Lord is seeing. Hear what the Lord is saying. Sense what the Lord is saying. So, Father, we honor you because today is a good day. Y'all, let me say this. It's a good day. 
And I'm going to keep saying that. And you, somebody might get tired of me saying, this is a good day. This is a blessed day. But guess what? I ain't going to stop saying it. You know why? Because somebody has to begin to speak that in your life. And if you're not speaking it in your own life, you better thank God for somebody that's constantly speaking and praying and interceding for you and speaking that change is going to come to your life because it's a good season. It's a good day. Doesn't matter about the chaos. Doesn't matter about the crisis. Doesn't matter about the pandemic. Doesn't matter what you see with your natural eyes because if we keep trusting God and we keep praying and we keep covering each other, guess what? Things will change for the better. And so even when things will come on the scene, when pandemics and different crises may come on the scene and it'll be across the world, guess what? We are still covered and we are still protected because we dwell in Goshen. But God needs his people to take a greater stand, to go into a greater place of ascension, to go into a greater place of elevation, to be on the wall, to be on the watchtower, to be guardians of the gate, to be able to see what's coming. And be able to warn the people what's coming. Because the one that's not warning the people when they see it coming, woe unto that person. The blood will be on that watchman's hand. But somebody has to be in position and have to be in place to see what's coming. So, Father, before we get started, Father, I'm going to simply just say thank you. Father, I humble myself before you right now. And I just say thank you for today. I give you glory. I give you honor. I give you praise. Father, for you are worthy. God, you get the glory. God, you get the honor. Father, you get the praise. And I say and reiterate it again because you are worthy. God, you get the glory. You get the honor. You get the praise, Father. For you alone are worthy. Father, you get the glory. You get the honor. You get the praise because it's due your name. And you are worthy of all the praise. You are worthy to be reverenced. You are worthy for us to lift up our hands and lift up our voice and speak well of you because you are worthy and you deserve it, Father. So, Father, we start afresh. And for those who might not have started the day off in prayer, Father, as always, we open the invite. It's an open invitation to come to pray. And so, Father, we simply RSVP and we just say, God, I will be there. So, God, I always want to be in place to remember you. I don't always want to be the one that drops on my knees only when there's a problem. I don't want to be the one that only drops on my knees only because I need something from you. I don't want to be the one that always drops on my knees because some catastrophe happens in the land and now I need to turn to God. God, before any of that, I want to be able to drop to my knees and lay prostrate before you just to reverence you, just to bow down, just because you are worthy, just because you deserve the glory, just because you are God Almighty, just because you are the one that's kept me all of my life, just because you're the one that's kept my family in the midst of it all. God, I honor you and I reverence you for you alone are worthy. And so, Father, I can't get past that, Father. You are just worthy. You're worthy and the word of God says that you are a jealous God. That means, Father, you have feelings. You feel things. God, the times when we give our time over to TV, too much time to TV, too much time to social media, too much time even maybe to our families or to whatever else we're doing, to our jobs, our businesses, our dreams. We're so busy promoting our dreams and our own lives, Father, that we are forgetting you in the process. When you're the one that birthed the dream and put the dream on the inside, and when you begin to bless, we begin to forget. You begin to bless, and then we begin to forget, and it's not right. So, Father, we come to you, and we say we're sorry. God, we come to you, and we say, forgive us, Father. For, Father, we need you. Father, we need you. God, we need you. God, we won't forget you. 
forgive us as a land forgive us as a people father even I take this moment moment as being on this platform and I repent and stand in a gap for the people for America for the world father father for my land for my ancestry line father and even the things that I may not have done I repent for what my forefathers may have done father and we come back to you and we honor you for all you've done we can't forget you we can't run away from you just because bad things happen to us because bad things might have happened to people we know or love father there is no excuse that we can give you to not respect you to not reverence you to walk away you're the god that blesses and then when something happens or catastrophe we're sometimes the same people that say what kind of god would I allow this to happen i don't want that god but you give us human choice you give us a free will and it's up to us what we choose but this day we choose you choose ye this day whom you will serve and father as for me and my house we will serve you lord and when i say lord i am saying jesus christ but father many will say i serve god many will say that but the differentiating factor of all religions is that it's the name of jesus christ that every knee shall bow that every tongue shall confess so we acknowledge you jesus christ we love you, Lord. We want the world to know we stand for Jesus Christ. So, Father, this morning I start off by just saying I love you forevermore. I love you forever. I love you forever. I love you forevermore. Father, we love you. I love you forever. I love you, Jesus, forever, Father. Abba, Father, I love you forevermore. We need you. I said I love you corporately. We love you as a collective body. Forever we love you. We love you forevermore. We can't make it without you. We can't make it without you. We need you, Father. We need you. Father, whatever it costs, whatever it takes, we will take a stand and we won't back down. So, Father, forever know from my hearts, personally from my heart, I will always chase you. Forever, even if it seems like the enemy is chasing us, I'll continue to chase you. So, Father, we bless you and we honor you today. And we bless you. In Jesus Christ's name. Somebody say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen. Good morning, everybody. Come on. I'm going to do this like people do in church, like the pastor would do in church. Turn to your neighbor and just say good morning. Listen, if you are rolling over in the bed by yourself, say good morning to Jesus Christ. And say good morning to yourself and speak to yourself and say good morning. I'll do it for myself. Good morning, Jared. It's going to be a good day. You're going to have a blessed day. You're going to have an ex exceptional day. Favor is going to come your way today. And listen, that may seem strange to some of you. But that means if you don't do that even to yourself, you're missing something. 
You need a transformation and a metamorphosis in your mind because you need to understand something. You need to know how to speak to yourself. When you're speaking to yourself, you are speaking to your situation. You're speaking to your day. You are speaking in your realm. When your words are released from your mouth, it is being uttered and it is going into the atmosphere and your words take shape. You may not be able to see it and not even being so deep, but even under the uh, lens or the scope of scientific lens, and even if you're in a music studio, you can see what's coming out of your mouth. You can see what's coming out. You have to speak into your situation. You have to speak into your realm. You have to speak well and good of your own life. And see, when you begin to do that, when you have authority in the Lord, even when you speak, your words carry power. Somebody say amen. Amen. Listen, it's a good day. I'm still on a high from last night's um, uh, Shamar Prophetic School of Intercession was phenomenal last night. Yes. And then even at the end of the class, let me say this. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord was so heavy in that place. So heavy in that place, I'm telling you. And it was only like 11 o'clock. And I would say only for some people that would be late. But truth of the matter is, we should have stayed there longer. Because the spirit of the Lord was moving so great. People don't understand that's when, when the weight of his glory and the weightiness comes in the room. That's when healings and miracles take place the more you stay in that atmosphere. So last night was phenomenal. Uh, you guys did a good job. You, last night, you did a phenomenal job. You and uh, uh, Pastor Das, you guys did a great job. It was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. I thought it was really good. You know, and you know, I, I'm always watching, but... I just thought last night was phenomenal. I'm telling you, God is a good God. And we serve a God of God uh, who does miracles still today. Many times we look and we say, uh, uh, we see the miracles in the Bible. And we read the Bible sometimes and these miracles as if it's a fictional fictional book. Or that we read it as if it's a fairy tale. And uh, we have to realize this is, is real, real. It's real. It's not fiction. It's not fake. Let me say this. The same God that did miracles in the Bible days is the same God that does miracles today. We don't cease to believe that. We are not cessationist. We know we are continualist. We know he still does it. And not just saying it because the Bible says it, but yes, we believe the Bible, but because of what we've seen with our own eyes. It's a beautiful thing to see a healing, to see somebody healed without you even having to touch them. That's when the glory of the Lord comes into a place. And so I honor God every time we get an opportunity to see someone get healed. I honor God for that. It's a beautiful thing. And so I want to encourage you to believe that, listen, believe, don't doubt, only have faith. The Bible says faith is a substance of the thing that you hope for, the evidence of the thing that you don't see. And so you got to understand is your faith is for the thing that you're waiting on, your healing, whatever it may be, your car. And it's the substance it's the thing that's not seen. So you don't see that thing yet tangibly, but you have to believe and know to the point with your faith, believing to the point that it's already tangibly done. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. The Bible says, by faith, the worlds were framed. So you got to understand something. Every time you speak, when you're speaking well of your situation, even when you don't see wellness, you are speaking into your life. Even the reality may not be that you're doing well right now, but you're speaking. And that's going to take shape in your natural realm that things will change in your life. So we're going to trust God. Listen, we're going to go forward. But I'm telling you, I was just feeling the presence of the Lord. 
So I just wanted to stay in that place. So let me go here and just do this. Good morning, babe. <laughs> How you doing? That's my way of saying slow down. <laughs> Bring that mouth in. No, no, no. Let stay me keep right it moving. There. But good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm, I'm still there. How you feeling? I'm still there. I want to make sure you're not going to float <laughs> off set this morning because last night, you know, you was in a place. And so you might still be that light. I don't want you to just float away because <laughs> I can't do this by myself. <laughs> so uh, don't don't float off. I just want to open up the uh, <laughs> uh, open up the uh, a moment for you to just please join in because I realized uh, 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 20 minutes went by. I, I believe maybe almost I've wow. been talking straight about 15, 17 minutes. So let me reel myself no, in. No, let no, me open no. it up because you were full last night and the, and the glory no. of the Lord was in the house and, and I could see you were heavy and I could feel the shifting that was taking place in the atmosphere last night and it was beautiful. Yeah. I, I'm actually, after last night, I really was, uh, uh, I really was like, I'm ready for a three-day shut-in. Yeah. Like after last night, I was yes. like, you know what? This is where I know this is where miracles start taking place. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Come on, babe. You trying to get us out of uh, that zone and Come get on. Into Sometimes you got to, yeah. <laughs> because if you don't, I know myself, but I know you. Oh, so the thing I is, yeah. You already, I'm like, <laughs> stay right there. Keep talking. Yeah, no, then it'll, it'll turn into. talks to the Holy Spirit like Yeah, yes, and then it, yes, it would turn from Inspiration away. 360 Radio. It would turn into Holy to Ghost. Weeping, weeping. Weeping 360. <laughs> and that's what it would turn to because that whole thing would, Oh, it would have just been there. Yeah, it would have been a wrap. Man. Amen. But it's a beautiful thing. But how do we get this generation to really um, participate in a move of God when they're so accustomed to everything being so quick and in a hurry? And especially when church have really customized churches now have, you know, customized services and everything yeah, yeah. Um, to be on a certain time frame. And how do we get this generation to really embark and to embrace and participate in the presence of God, um, the way we know, or, and again, never, you know, put in any, uh, limitation or knowing how the Holy spirit will move. Uh, but when he shows up, you know, how, when you're enjoying yourself or you're having a, a good time and we yeah. see like, even when they go out to celebrate or parties or events, how they stay from beginning to end and they enjoy the fullness mm. of it. Um, but it's the same thing when it comes, when the spirit of the living God shows up, how do we get this generation, not even just this generation, because even, I mean, even the elderly people who have now been accustomed um, to a certain time frame for worship or being in the house of God, this this has been the tradition and, you know, things have changed over a period of time. I think in, you know, in previous time churches, you know, you would see literally Sundays was consecrated unto the Lord yeah, or whatever, yeah, whether yeah, you're Sabbath yeah, or whether on. it was Saturday or Sunday, but that day was, you know, dedicated unto the Lord. So I knew like when I was growing up, Sunday was like, it was all about church from morning, noon and night. Yes, and we come on. stayed in church My the God. whole time. Right. And mm. so now we've transitioned to way less of that. And that's what they're accustomed to. Uh, so when the glory shows up, I think people like we were talking about yesterday, sometime we become stay become spectators instead of participators yeah. and, and, and jumping in the glory of God. So how do we um, get a generation or uh, get us back to a place of waiting upon the Lord, you know, and tarrying in his presence and waiting for the manifestation of his glory? How do we transition from that perspective? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um. It, that's a good question 
And um, I would start that question with a question. And so I would say, um, and not even just the young people, but people in general. Yeah, that's what I said, because I, yeah. I, I remember someone told me their mom, which is probably almost in their 70, I was saying, oh, I'm not coming or, you know, because, you know, your, your services are too long. So even the older generation, everyone, it's just a in a tradition of church. It's like, get in, get out, let's go eat and let's go chill and have some fun. Right. So it, it has to be anything now it seem over an hour is too long absolutely <laughs> yeah because uh, a lot of times you'll see you know it's not exciting let's just use it uh, for church but let me let me answer that question with a question i think um how do you get people to long you said about how do you get them to long for a great move or long for a, a move and let me ask a question so with that question i would say do you think it would take catastrophe or more catastrophe to happen before we desire something from God? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, not necessary. Okay. You know, we have moments of spurs of that. Yeah. Uh, but you think about, um, well, I guess you can't even say that because it happened, the flood. I mean, when the flood came, <laughs> they were swept away. It was yeah. too late. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it wasn't any chance for them to even get on the ark. Um, so you can even liken that to the glory, you know, when the yeah. when it shows up and it might just be too late. But um I'm not sure if, you know, to say that a catastrophe because yeah. some people are hard to just harden and yeah. some people are in a in a different place. But for those that are the Bible says for those that are, you know, called or led by the spirit of the living God. And I know it's the spirit that draw us nigh. And um, I think I was talking to this with prophet last night and. You know, we were saying how some people just aren't ready. But the thing is that sometimes it takes the spirit of the living God to convict the heart of man uh, to pull them and to draw them nine. And so maybe we need to have, you know, those experiences. Maybe we need to stay in that place until they see the full manifestation where the spirit of the living God overtakes them and pull them in. Right. And so we we we're we can't be consumed about because we get we have to be led by the spirit no matter what people feel or think yeah. and so maybe we have to stay in that place and stay it kind of remind me of um William Seymour and how he and maybe it was just three people because imagine if it even if he had a bunch of people they probably would have rolled out and left him by then wow. you know staying in the presence of God uh, for that many hours and seeking the face of God and as, he, as they continually doing that then the manifestation of the glory of God uh, began to manifest like never before in the services and then the people came and then there was this big revival right in the Azusa Street revival so I think for those you know sometimes God start with one or two uh, that is committed to seeking his face and staying in his presence so I think we that you know are called or have that hunger or that desire for more of God and so it's the, the, the funny thing about it just like so many great uh uh, evangelists, miracle working people, they they sought the face of God and then other people was blessed off of their sacrifice of seeking the face of God. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. So I just think that's 
you know, when you think about Captain Kuhlman, when you think about Smith's Wiggleworths, when you think about all these people, they sought, you know, A.A. A. Allen. They sought the face of God. They consecrated. They stayed in the presence of God. They were hungry for a move of yeah. God. They were, they had a greater desire yeah. for the things of God. And so what you're seeing is that the desire for the That's world the sometimes yeah. is greater than the desire for yeah. the things of God. And they don't really, they don't really understand. Um, it's almost like the Bible says sometimes that, like the enemy has blinded us. Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, when we're struggling with the world versus God, we don't see the, the, the treasure, the value, the diamond, you know, sometimes can somebody can mistreat something or mistreat the gift or I like our prophet Marcus said last night to Jason about, uh, protecting or guarding, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. so you, we have to learn when you, when you understand when, when you, I, oh God, anybody that's been filled with the spirit of God, I mean, truly been filled with the spirit of the living God. I, it's you know, you have to really figure out what what is going on within us that we this this treasure, this this oh my God, this the precious Holy Spirit that was given to us, and uh, and we know without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, the value. Uh, I, I think we we have to understand the value and the treasure of what we really have. We don't understand it. He is priceless. He is precious and this is something that you cannot trade for anything you cannot substitute yeah. him he is the greatest gift you will ever get in your entire life he supersede any other gift because he works the gifts he works the miracles he he, he you know he he speaks through us he prophesies through us i mean the the precious gift of the holy spirit to me is the greatest treasure any Amen. human being can ever have Amen. Amen. And um, absolutely. Uh, I want to go back to when you were saying, because uh, I want to come back to that because I asked the question uh, based off of your question. And I want to come back to that. And you said the word itself, desire. Yeah. And so uh, it is for all people. Yeah. What does it take? So the thing is, this is what I would ask. The reason why I, why I asked the question, would it take more catastrophe for us to turn to the Lord? If you look throughout history, and you notice this is that, you know, we typically run and do our own thing as a people. And whenever catastrophe strike, that's when somebody needs to hear from God or hear a word. Or that's when we're running for protection and praying for our lives. And so I would ask the question uh, when you ask your question. And so I would say, what does it take or what will it take? And so I would come back and say, even for not just the youth. Because it's hard to rest and be still, but not just for youth, even for a grown yeah, yeah. 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 70 people. Yes, yes. And so waiting before the Lord is like it's like it's it's a wait. Like W E I G H T. Like waiting before the Lord is a wait. And so yeah. it's like it's agony. I remember when it's like when I was a kid waiting in church, because you were talking about being in church. I grew up in church. I remember Sundays going to church in the morning for early morning service. And getting out of service almost five o'clock and then eating dinner at church, preparing for the evening service. Yes, we did. And like that literally too. from morning to night. And as a kid is night, a nightmare It's a nightmare because it's so long. But, you know, you 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 get accustomed, you get used to it, but you don't get used to it. So we was like, man. I just want to go home. But, you know, we, we had friends at the church that we laughed and we did things. We, we, we ran, we played, but we got accustomed to being there. I think now is that as a body, we're not accustomed to waiting. Yeah. If you yes. look, if you look at most most places Jesus. now, there's not a lot of evening services. Not like in our day when we were growing up. It was common. Every Sunday was an evening service. This is not the, really the norm where it's like a 
uh, constant evening service. You don't see that a lot. And so uh, and, and it's out there, but you don't always see that. And so the mindset of staying in church all day is not because the minute it hits 1230, people are antsy. Yeah. Uh, antsy one o'clock it's after one it's like you can see people sometimes almost shutting down like oh my goodness i can't i can't take this it's like they haven't eaten meal for three days and so my thing is what would it take what what sparks desire so if 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 we need a desire for the things of god what sparks that desire what causes uh, uh humanity to desire or want god and i always come back to this well by look in the history uh, uh, of what we can see with our natural eyes and even even biblically you typically notice whenever catastrophe whenever a plague whenever something yeah. happened that's when man wants to turn to god whenever it was torture it was slavery whenever it was that people turn to god then when god would redeem and restore just like in the in the period of the judges the judge would keep being god would raise up a judge on the scene and the spirit of the lord would come upon that judge the judge wasn't chosen by man but rather the one that the spirit of the lord really rested on they was the judge of uh of the people at that time and so what you got to realize is that this is what took place it was like a wishy-washy yo-yo people children of israel uh, of israel so you look at this is that they would uh be serving the lord when a judge was in place the judge would die off they would turn back to idolatry they would turn back to the uh wicked things that they did then after they would uh go into captivity and be enslaved then god would raise up a judge they would be free they would start living the way the right ways again that judge would die then they would go right back into sin idolatry the same things then god would raise up another judge and it would be back and forth back and forth constantly like that and if you look at the children of israel constantly they could not get freedom in their mind from what they lived when they was in Egypt. And so even though they weren't slaves and chains, they were still slaves in their mind because they kept turning back to the ways and the customs of what they were doing. Uh, uh, and uh, as pagan and uh, pagans, uh, uh, Egyptians, they were the pagans. And so the thing is, even if you look at like when you flip that period of the Bible from the Old Testament to the New Testament, it looked a certain way for the Jews ending the Old Testament. That middle period of Bible where you open up your Bible, that middle section where there's nothing, where you can't read, you don't see anything, where it was like hundreds of years that went by, it's called the intertestamental period. When it flips over to the New Testament, it looks a little bit different because Jews are now under dominance. And you realize that what took place is that many of the Jews begin to uh, 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 be... Uh, um, uh, uh, it, uh, Hellenism and you would see it was it, a lot of the Jews would take on the Greek culture take on the Greek way of life uh, uh, take on the Greek religions and start uh, blending in with them and what happens is almost just like what you would see back when the Jews was in bondage in Egypt they would start doing what they do and so when you start doing what they do when the, just like the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt and they was in the wilderness and Moses was gone just like when I was talking about the period of judges they begin to erect an idol you know what I mean so they're going mm -hmm. back to what they've been accustomed to wow. even though that's not what God gave them Jesus, and so that's man. not that's not what it was so then you look at it and you see when in the New Testament when the Jews now are they're more like under dominance it don't look the same opening up to uh, Matthew it doesn't look the same and so now you see uh, uh, many of the Jews are now there's like they called it Hellenization or Hellenism and so that's when many of the Jews remember God's people or whatever and so then they would begin to take on the Greek culture that means they would take on their, their customs they would take on their language they would take on the way they believe and so what you got to realize is this is something that we've done throughout history throughout biblical history even today's time you see how we're saying just like the hellenism or just like the uh the jews when they came out of out of egypt this is what we still do now over the course of years have you not noticed this even christians oh well uh, um all gods are the same god 
all gods are the same God. <laughs> yeah. We're serving the same one. The God of we're serving the same one. Even this is coming out of some Christians. Yes. Mind. Not only wow. that, we're saying, listen, uh, listen, whatever your truth is, listen, I can't. That's your truth. And so, listen, uh, whatever path that that the uh, that the light takes you on. Whatever path the light takes you on, then 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 go for it. That's your God. Listen, we all have to pray to somebody. These are some Christians that talk like this. And so the thing is, we are accepting other deities, mm. other idols. We're accepting that. And, and we're we're putting that out there. And so the thing is, my point is this is I, I don't know how I went off on that uh, on that tangent, but my point is. One, when are we going to talk about the true and the living God and stay in that vein and no compromising, no compromising, none of that. But I want to say this. So my point, this is what I was making. Thank you, Father, because I went off on a on a on a whole different place. But I want to say my point was this. What does it take for for humanity to have a desire for a great move of God? Wow. What does it take? And so when I look through history, just uh, just the history of us being alive and looking at, at, at world history and looking at American history. And, and looking at biblical history, my answer is, 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 is simply, I believe, it's sad to say this, but I believe for a multitude of people to turn to God, it doesn't have to be, but I believe that one of the quickest ways that they do it is when persecution, when catastrophe comes, and when that comes, it causes humanity to want to turn to God or turn to somebody that's hearing from God for an answer. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, it's a, it, I, don't, I don't think it's right. I think it's a sad thing that it takes catastrophe for us to turn to God. God, please don't let this happen to me. Please protect me from this pandemic. Please protect me. Please keep me knowing that we haven't been praying or seeking God at all. But even being in the homes, being trapped in the homes and the quarantine for so long, yes. I believe that many of us have gotten some things right. I believe God has spoken to many of us and brought some of us out of a dark place and begin to really speak. But I really believe that uh, uh, the majority actually just picked up a new idol because mm. Netflix yes. became their best friend. Yes. Facebook, it was more enhanced time on it. Yes. Social media, it was more time on it. So the time that really should have been with the Lord, it was really given over to a new idol. Yes. For many of us, a oh new idol. So our jobs was, was the biggest idols. Uh, going to, uh, um, to, to whatever, leisure time and all that. But all this was shut down and God gave an opportunity for us to really be able to seek him and put our families in perspective. God gave many people an opportunity who were part of um, infidelity and marital affairs to be at home with your spouse you have no excuse now to leave you're stuck to be at home with your spouse who you've been cheating on I'm giving these people a opportunity to get things right in their household I'm giving you an opportunity to get things right with your spouse and many of us stayed home and yet and still yeah. we still just erected new idols wow. many of us erected new idols because the TV became the biggest idol and so the thing is you would have to ask the question again what does it take to spark the next move of God. One, it has to be a people who are desperate. Yes. It has to be a people who are chasing. It has to be a people who desire. And I've been saying this even when I played the song this morning, Chasing After You by Ty Tribbett. The thing is this, is like, there is a, a influx of glory that's going to come. There's a wave of glory that's going to come in the next near season, and, and we're walking into it, but it's the only people that are going to see the glory is only going to be the ones that's looking for it. If your only church is normal, church Hallelujah. as usual, two fast songs, one 
slow song offering the word benediction if that's it you're not going to experience you're going to see the glory when you go to look for it that means when you go to look for it you're putting time in when the prophet said he said that uh when the lord said there was going to be a uh, um uh, uh influx of rain and he told it to ahab and guess what then he said go go see and then his servant went to go look seven times and then when he came back he said i see uh, the sides of a cloud the size of a man's hand and so guess what that was the sign that the rain is coming and so listen even though we've been talking about the rain and the latter rain and the glory many of us have not seen it but you got to keep going back like the servant kept going back looking for the rain when you keep looking for it the more you begin to look for it that means you're being diligent about seeking the rain when you're looking for it, the latter rain the glory it's going to fall but it's going to come to those that begin to look for it those that want it when you need the rain and you've been in a drought you're looking for it and we now I'm, I can't even talk about the world I'm gonna talk about America where we live yes. America has been in a drought we have been in a drought we've been just doing things as normal we've been just coming to church and many of us have just been doing due diligence going to church but we have not sought after something greater we've been some of us have been operating from the same wine from 20 30 years ago and it's time for new wine and we cannot function on the same old oil you cannot function with the same old oil some of us preach the same messages the same hoop and a holler that has stirred up people for 30 years ago and we're not saying nothing and we have no new revelation many of us and we're just speaking what we think moves the crowd but this is the season where God has given us a chance and an opportunity to be in seclusion to find our prayer closet to find a prayer closet to reiterate mm -hmm. and find the Lord in prayer mm -hmm. when you begin to seek him you'll find him Hallelujah. when you begin to seek him you'll find him when you begin to look for the glory when you begin to look for the rain the rain is going to come to you hallelujah and so there's a rain, there's two, let me say this. We know the rain, the, the influx of rain signifies judgment, but the influx of rain also signifies an influx of rain of his glory and a new wave coming in. So the rain that comes, there's a rain that comes of judgment, but for when the rain that comes of judgment, for those that rest in Goshen and those that are protected, because there's something called a protected class. If you study real estate, you understand there's something called, uh, when you understand um, the different things, you have something called a uh, familiar status, familial status, where it's like when it deals with family it's there's it's a certain protected class we are familial familial status we are we are a protected class that means when the rain of judgment comes in we rest on the ark those that rest on the ark like noah when the rains and the rains of judgment and the flood comes and the, and the, whatever it may be chaos catastrophe another pandemic let me say this we rest in goshen we rest on the ark so when the judgment comes for some we are protected and covered but we gotta be in the ark we got to be in the ark do you mm. understand that? Mm. We have to be in God's will. We yeah. have to be before him. Jesus, I'm telling you, God is just want to do some supernatural things. And um, hallelujah. I just give God praise. I'm just, I mean, the spirit of the living God is just even here. Like you said this morning, I just, it just seemed like absolutely from last night, there's just been an overflow yeah. of the anointing. And mm. I feel like God mm. just wants us to stay in that place yes. and keep receiving uh, from the Lord and as God was moving last night and I, I just want to encourage you prophet even as you were praying last night but uh, we just got a text one of the one of our daughters that was in the house and I was saying uh, to her when she came up there to give me a hug and I and I and I was telling her I said this is the moment when you feel like you should be dancing right now and she told me that she's been dancing in her free time but her knee has been was hurting but she said after last night she doesn't feel any pain anymore in her knee and you begin to speak about the healing last night as the spirit of the living God was moving through the house about healing and 
I'm telling y'all, God is about to blow our mind like never before. Yes. And yes. we can't miss this window. And I feel like us, a lot of people are still asleep. And, and the thing about it, we've been sounding the alarm. We've been been the watchman. We've been saying this. We've been trying to get people ready, prepare to enter, to be a part of the glory. However, it seemed like some are going backwards and some are choosing. We, we keep repeating the same cycles that we have done before. Yeah. And that's why the enemy, you know, know how to get us because our life is so routinely driven. Yeah. The same pattern, the same cycle every year. And we don't know how to break when God is trying to give us more strategies and how to maneuver different and to be led by the spirit of the living God. Because one thing I know it, you know, we when we walk in that in that place of divine obedience to God. We won't miss the window. We won't yes, miss yes. that opportunity of, of, of a divine moment with God that you can never, you can't go back in time. If we have missed yesterday, we cannot go back in time. But this was on heaven's calendar. This was ordained and orchestrated by God. And there are timing and places on heaven's calendar that if we are there and we listen to the spirit of the living God, that we will not miss those windows and opportunity of the glory of God because it shall be yeah. revealed and we have to be in the posture of listening and so this is why even in our in our season of growing God is testing and training us in our obedience to him because we have to learn to be obedient to God and not to man. Yes. So when God is given a command, when God even uses his prophets and give instruction and say, be here at this time, go here at yes. this time, yes. my God, we got to learn to follow and obey the instructions so that we can receive and experience the supernatural and the miracle working of God. And even like you said last night, there was something that we should have stayed in that place. We could have been, oh my God, we could have been um laid out prostrate in the spirit of god we could have we could have been slain i, I mean I, I felt like angelical visitation it was so supernatural like something supernatural happened last night in the class and i'm just excited about what god is going to do in the earth and i'm trying to encourage anybody out there you need to get in a posture of seeking after god you need to get back into that place of you being hungry and thirsty for god because you cannot afford to miss the window you cannot afford to miss what God is about to do in your life you cannot afford yes, to yes. miss this season of divine visitation from the father and so I am encouraging every listener out there it doesn't matter your age it doesn't matter your your uh your your color your um ethnicity what matters is that you have a desire for God and you cannot afford to go backward you cannot afford to be in the cycle you gotta come higher in the things of God because God is getting ready to show his wonder you're getting ready to see signs and miracles and wonder and you have to be in great expectation and great anticipation of what God is getting ready to do and the water is being stirred and so you cannot be from a distance you cannot be like uh, the 50 the company of prophets that stood from a distance when Elijah was getting ready to go up uh, but Elisha made a decision to stay close to his master and the closer he was 
was to him. That's why he was able to receive the double portion. That's why he was able to do greater miracles. That's why he was able to perform. That's why immediately he was able to strike the rock that he was, he was able to cross back over the Jordan because he saw Elisha did. He was close to Elijah. And so we have to understand that there is a season where we have to get close to God, that we have to get close with the Holy Spirit, that we have to spend time with him, that we cannot leave him. I, I love it how the, the company of the prophets, they stood afar, but Elisha made up in his mind to stay close to Elijah. It doesn't matter. He said, I'm going to Bethel. I'm going to Jordan. Ah, he said, I pray thee, but he said, no, I am coming with you. I am going. And so that is the decision that we have to make in our mind that we're going to be close, that we're going to stay close to God. We're going to stay connected in prayer, that nothing is going to disconnect us. I, I even understand even when we're, you know, it's so amazing. Hallelujah. You don't, you never take a break from God. You don't take, even when we go yeah, on vacations, yeah. I never take a break from God. I, I, I stay connected, you know, and so we have to stay to connected to the source and he is the source. He's the one that is going to release the anointing, the supernatural, and we need that more in this time and hour that we're living in. So we just want to encourage and we just want to stir up the gifts on the inside of you. And I'm yeah. praying that God would just begin to just visit his people like never before because uh, you know what God's God's been showing me like again you were talking about all the distraction around us like even this morning I mean I, I'm just I just want to give shout out to Apostle and Pastor May uh, they were on the prayer line and they were telling me they've been up since 3 a.m. all the way till we closed out on the uh, seven o'clock prayer Come line on. all the way Warriors. through I mean and these are women wow. of God that are in their 70s and we're talking about we're tired and we and we're this no they hungry they yes. have a desire they yes. have I mean they are seeking God like never before and that's why I love to hang around uh people like that you know how people get like you know uh uh and I, I always just gravitate to to people that either carried or desired for God um or elderly people like it didn't matter yes. my age because they were chasing after something that I was chasing after right mm -hmm. and so sometimes we hang around people that ain't chasing around the things we're chasing after mm -hmm. but we got to learn to get around people that's going to ignite the fire of God on the inside yes. of us yes. the more we hang out together the more we're around the prophets the more we're around pastor that's so different true. people elder different people that are hungry and thirsty yeah. for God the yeah. more every it's time thirst, you get in that thirst. atmosphere yeah. I'm telling you the yeah. spirit just <laughs> begin to fall on you the Come spirit on. of prophecy yes, now all of a sudden you felt yeah. like a normal person all of a sudden you feel like you're a supernatural person all of a sudden it's just like when uh, uh Saul was in the uh the company of the yeah, prophets absolutely. and he began to prophesy yes. when you get in that atmosphere yes. when you get around the right people I'm telling you your life will begin to change for the glory of God you just need to Come get on. in the right atmosphere you need to get around the Zed. right people that will begin to ignite you and stir up the gifts on the inside of you and everything will begin to activate yeah. and all of a sudden you're like my God I'm hearing from God I'm seeing clearly you know you've heard about people who said I I, I I I wasn't a seer before but now I since I've been around yeah, you all of a yeah. sudden I'm starting to see yeah. hallelujah yeah. and that's how the transference yes. supposed to happen Come the on. anointing yes. there should be a transference and what's happening we're we're being things are being transferred but it's from the dark kingdom because we're around dark people but we need to come around yes. those that are in the light that are walking and chasing after Jesus Christ the Bible says follow me as I follow Christ so the 
the more I come around those people, the more good things are being transferred to me. And there needs to be a transfer. There yeah. needs to be a shift in, in amongst us. And the more I'm around Prophet Jared, the more the gifts of the prophet, the prophetic begin to stir up. The more he begins to pray, the more he begins to enter into a realm and dimension, the more I'm around and I see his prayer life and the way he seek and chase after God, the more I see his worship and I'm in the atmosphere when he put his hands on those keyboard and the spirit begin to flow. Hallelujah. I begin to feel things just begin to shift and anything in my life that has been contending with me, I begin to feel a uplifting. The, the spirit of deliverance will enter the place, the spirit of healing, the spirit of signs, miracles and wonder, the spirit of prophecy. Uh, anything can happen when you are in the right atmosphere when the portals are open you can begin to experience angelical visitation you can begin to experience a, a power that we know not of the power which is the power yes, of the holy yes. ghost yes and uh you said something that's key you said when you get around the right atmosphere the right atmosphere the me, right people and, and listen my when, god when you talk about atmospheres I, I need to say this sometimes you have to shift your atmosphere you have to shift it and so when I say that, sometimes you have to get out the atmosphere you're currently wow, in. Because good. many times when we get around the right people, you feel the charge, you mm. feel the surge, you feel the wind, you feel the stirring. And sometimes the atmosphere you're at, you might not get that stirring. You might not get that charge. Let me make that clear and plain when I say that because I don't want nobody to think the wrong way or take it out of context. Sometimes... I don't care how saved you are, how Holy Ghost filled you are. You might not be getting all that you need in the atmosphere you're at. And I'm going to say this even for, for some of us, especially prophetic people or, or those that are going to walk in a certain place. You need to be around other supercharged individuals. Yes. And so because Stay iron sharpens them. iron. And let me say this. I can use this even if I'm talking about the uh, man of God or prophet in the Bible. Let me tell you something. There is a place sometimes you can be in a place where God will feed you and get you by for years and you can be there. But then it's something there's a shifting that can start taking place in you and you, and you could start feeling like I need something more. And so where I'm at, I've had the moments in my life being in churches where I'm like, you know what? I need something more. The two fast songs, one slow song and the word and the benediction is just not enough for me because I need something more from God. And so sometimes you have to change your atmospheres. And if you understand, even in first Kings chapter 17, when Elijah had said that there would be no rain. And it wasn't no rain for three years. But let me, I, I, I want to do this because I want to read something just because I want to make this make sense. Why sometimes our atmosphere has to be changed because sometimes God will speak to us in one place but sustain us in another. Wow, and so sometimes where you are is not enough to sustain you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're longing for more and where you're at, you can't get more. You can't. You ever try to uh, uh, squeeze out a wet rag or squeeze a lemon out? Once you get it all out, ain't nothing else coming out of it because there ain't no more water in that rag. And so sometimes you need to go somewhere where there's a greater influx where the atmosphere is a bit greater and so God can sustain you in that place and so do me a favor I'm gonna go to a King 17 I'm gonna read this and Elijah the Tishbite who was of the inhabitants of Gilead said unto Ahab as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand there shall not be dew nor rain these three years these years but according to my word there's about to be a barren and a dry season so it's a, a water famine that's going to be. But according to my word, and the word of the Lord came unto him saying, get up and turn eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. The Lord told Elijah to get up and go in a different direction and hide yourself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. Now, the Lord is sending him to a place that's going to still dry up. 
And so many times God can speak to us. I'm going to go here and then I'm going to keep going. God can speak to you as a, a pastor, a preacher, a minister, uh, just a servant and, and speak some things. And you got to go through, even when you minister and tell people, you still have to go through some things. Listen to this. And the Lord told him to get up and turn in another direction and hide by the brook cherub that is before Jordan. Now, listen. And it shall be that you shall drink of the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. We've heard that. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook cherub that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up. It came to pass that the place that God sent him dried up. Remember, God sent him to that place. God told him to turn eastward, eastward and go to this place. And then it says, and it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up. You see, the rain can stop, but it doesn't mean the brook is going to stop, stop right away. But now the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. This is what the Lord said. Now, verse 8, and the word of the Lord came unto him saying, arise, get up, go to Zarephath, which belonged to Zidon and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain wow. you. Paul's. God told Elijah and sent him. He told him there was going to be uh, 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 that it was going to stop raining. And he sent them to a particular place. The brook served as a place for him to be fed. Brook served as a place for him to receive, to receive life, to receive sustenance. And guess what? He went there. And then after a while, the brook had no more that it could give to him. The brook had no more that it could pour out. The brook could That's no longer good. feed him. Many of us, <laughs> and I'm saying this, many of us, God sent us to some church. Well, God sent me to this church. I've been here. My mama's mama been here. God sent me here. But you are no longer being fed. You aren't. That brook has dried up for some of us. And God is calling you to come out of some of your churches and to send you to a place where maybe you can be sustained more. So God sent Elijah to a place to be sustained. And he's sustaining him through a woman who's lost something great. So it's almost it's, it's almost incredible and amazing and perplexing at the same time and puzzling because how are you going to sustain him? You're sending him to someone who don't look like she can sustain him. Mm -hmm. He's sending her, him to someone who don't look like she can be able to help him because she's already lost something great. She's already a, a, a widow. She's already like almost in her heart a somewhat barren. And there she's literally preparing to die herself. And so listen. But Elijah obeyed the word of the Lord. And many times God can speak to you where you are, but then he has a greater word for you when you go to the place that he's asking you to go. But sometimes God is speaking to many of our hearts. I've been in a place and I'm going down this lane because I got to always go with the flow and the wind. I've been in a place where I know God was speaking to me saying, listen, I have more for you. There's more training for you. And the training that you need is not going to be here. And there's certain things that you need. There's a certain level that I'm trying to take you and you can't get any more in this place. Good people love God going to heaven. But there's some things that I need to expose you to that. I got to put you around the thing to be exposed to. I got to bring you up into this place. So God will sometimes call that person out of the midst of where they at, even out the midst of good people even out the midst of, of of a family church even out of the midst of a, of a environment where god will say i'm going to bring you out now to take you here to go through a season of training in your season of training god will speak to you and you go the lord spoke to elijah and said go here eastward to the brook here and the lord took him and he hid him so the lord spoke to elijah and then he released the word and said there will be no rain and then three years later the lord spoke to him again so the lord spoke to elijah and then he hid elijah 
And then the Lord spoke to Elijah again, and then he presented Elijah. So many times, sometimes God has to take us through a metamorphosis where in, even when you're talking about metamorphosis, the caterpillar is alive in one place, and then it goes in a season of hiding called the cocoon or even the shell in that pupa stage. That's the stage where there's a transformation in the metamorphosis. The caterpillar is literally dissolving inside of this shell and is dissolving inside of there, becoming something brand new. No longer walking, but now it's flying. And so the thing is, many of us, God is speaking to us and saying that it's time for you to move to the next phase. There's a shifting. There's a transitioning that I'm trying to do. And I'm trying to get you to get up and to just go. Just like when the Lord said to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, he said, go. And he told him to leave his father's house. Abraham had to just get up and go and trust God. Many times it's a faith walk because there's so much that fights us when the Lord is yes. truly speaking to us, telling us you need to get into a greater place in a greater atmosphere to be able to walk mm. in the gifts. You can't necessarily walk in the fullness of the gifts when you're in an environment where people want, where they stifle the gifts. Wow. So you can't walk in it. Some of you might experience some gifts or some dreams and you have no outlet to even understand and sometimes the leaders and different people can hold you down and say we don't believe in all of that but you know that you know God is speaking but yet you still need some training you have to find a place to transition to where you can be poured and you can be fed because sometimes where you are it sustained you to that point but the brook has dried up where you are for many of Jesus. us and so don't take it out of context I'm not telling people to leave their churches I'm speaking to a select group of people where you're feeling the tugging and you're feeling the pull and you know you're part of the next era of those who will see and experience healings visitations and seeing great things and you know God is doing some kind of stirring on the inside of you and you've now been feeling uncomfortable in your present surrounding and in the vicinity where you're at you feel stifled in the vicinity where you're at it's like service is normal all we do is just come to church all we do is sing a fast song two fast songs two slow songs and then we go into offering then we go into uh, the word and benediction and no great move is taking place there's and I'm not saying this because thank God for the word but God is doing something supernatural and God wants to speak Wow. God wants to heal. Yes. He wants people's faith to be activated to believe. If that's you and you feel that pull, you have to be obedient and by faith do like Abraham. God said, leave and go. And you got to just be comfortable and know that, God, this is the season of transition. This is a season of a shift. This is a season of upward mobility and moving ahead. And you have to be willing to take the car out of park. Doom, doom, doom. And put it in drive and move forward. Wow. Because you have to get out of one atmosphere of stagnancy into an atmosphere where there can be a, 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 the right spirit in that atmosphere. Saul was not a prophet, but when he came around the prophets, he the spirit of prophecy was in the midst and he was able to prophesy. When you get around people that are supercharged and you get around people where there's a different atmosphere, it begins to stir you. When I get around friends of mine that are prophetic, that have are full of wisdom, full of the word, and we get at the round table and we just begin to talk about the goodness of God and we begin to talk and we begin to pray the spirit of the lord is so in the midst mm -hmm. that we just next thing you know everybody's seeing something you already know park it for a while because you know we ain't going nowhere soon so then you see one will start prophesying the other will start prophesying i see this then one will start going and it's like it goes around the table and it's not a hog show it means that where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So it's open to hearing what the different ones are seeing. And so for whatever reason, I'm going down this vein, not whatever reason, I go with the flow. I go with the wind of the Lord. the Lord. And so I'm speaking to somebody. If you don't understand it, you don't believe it, say it. No, the Bible shows it, that there are some places where you can be fed. And then in that place where God told you to go, that place dries up. That was Elijah when the Lord sent him and said, go eastward and go here to the brook. And then that same brook that God sent him to, if God, some of them say, well, if God sent them there, the brook should have never dried up anyway. <laughs> 
then it really wasn't a word of the Lord. No, no. the Lord no said, idea. go to that brook yes. and the brook dried up. The Lord can send you to a place for a season. And when that place begins to dry and no longer can feed you and sustain you, then he's going to speak to you and tell you to go to another place where you can be sustained. Study first Kings chapter 17. Wow. You're really stirring me up this morning and so many things was coming to mind, but to really encourage somebody out there to let them know that you have to, you know, (laughs) I actually almost wanted to do a survey and with even everybody on our class yesterday, how many people, even though they decided to stay home, even though the opportunity was given to them to come into class, how many people may have felt a desire or a tugging to come but they didn't respond to the unction of the Holy Spirit because when there is a move of God, we have to learn that when God is telling us, you were talking about when, you know, he was saying, go, you know, he told Abraham to leave and and go and you didn't know where you were going. I remember how God would deal with me with obedience. I remember driving four hours now and you've done it many times, drove four hours all the way to New Jersey, Mm, got there, (laughs) sat there and was talking to my mom. And I hear the spirit of the living God say, I need you to go back to Washington. I want you at this particular conference. And in that moment, I look at my family and say, oh, I'll be back later. I need to go back to Washington. And everybody's looking at me like, are you nuts? You just got here. You just drove four hours here. But the Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. Yes, yes, yes. And so God sometimes tests your obedience in situation mm. like that. And so I remember God said that. And I remember one young lady said, well, I'll ride with you. I was like, hey, come on. And so I got in. And I drove all the way back to Washington, D.C. And it just shows that, like you're saying, again, it was it was everything was God connecting the dots and and setting you up for where he's taking you in life. Because even though it was through obedience that I went and then I got a prophetic word and then everything just began to transpire. And of course, after I left, I came back to New Jersey to hang out with my mom and stuff. But we have to understand that we got to be able to break tradition, break protocol, break the desires of our family. Because of course, you know, you just come and see your parents. They're like, what what do you mean? And, you know, then sometimes, you know, thank God my mom's not like that because she's, you know, in a different place as a possum. But sometimes your own family like, uh, what you doing? But you don't want to spend time with me. You ain't doing mm, this. Yeah, you know, all yeah. that stuff we we deal with with our families. But when you be really begin to walk with God, guess what? His voice override every other voice. And sometimes they won't understand. And it's not for them to understand. It's for you to obey the voice of God and to shift and move when he's telling you to move. And so I believe last night there was a portal that was open. And then if people were there, they would have received a supernatural blessing from God uh, that was unexplainable. And so sometimes we have to understand that we have to be led by the spirit of God. Sometimes God would say, stop what you're doing. I don't care how important it is. You need to cease and desist and come where I'm telling you to go because there is provision for you. There's your blessing waiting for you. There's your miracle waiting for you. There is your prophecy waiting for you. Amen. And so we have to get to that place where it says, you know, get up and go. And so I believe there's a lot of people, not just in the kingdom of God, where you're talking about there's a drought or God is transitioning you. There are people in different places, in different regions, in different areas of your life where you need to get up and go. You need to come out of that atmosphere. You need to come out of the place and the people and the company that you're around that is not that is not empowering you, that you're not growing, you're not maturing, whether it's spiritually or naturally. There needs to be a transition. There needs to be a shift in your life. We are in 
uh, the seventh month right now, right? And so it's the yeah. month of what? Yes. Completion. Yes. And yes. so we're yes. getting ready to enter into August, a month of new beginning. You have to make up in your mind that I'm about to start something new. I'm about to, I'm going to break the cycles in my life. I cannot continue. I cannot end 2020 doing the same thing I've been doing. There has to be a shift. It is time for me to partake of something yeah. new. We talked about Come the on. new wine last night mm. and we're entering into August where we just started July. So God has given us time to, for, to complete the process and so we can enter and that numbers and everything are symbolic and they have meaning. And so we know, of course, the seven mean completion, eight means new beginning and God wants to start something new in our life. Yeah. And so I do believe like, you know, maybe we should do a three day shut in in July because yeah. there has to be something that yeah, changed. There's some, there has to be a shift and there has yes. to be a consecration. And we don't understand what that means when we consecrate ourselves unto the Lord, yeah. not unto the world, Come not on. unto the things you yeah. like to desire. Yeah. It's unto the Lord. That means you're dedicating your life, your time, your service, everything. You're consecrating it unto God. And so you're denying yourself what you want to do. Mm. And you're, 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 you're putting yourself over into the hands of God and say, God, here I am. Clean me up. Use me for your honor and for your glory. So there do need to be a time of consecration, of separation. Yes. Separation. Come on, mm. say that. Oh. Separation. Separation. Come on, like we, we don't. Come on. Hey, in a lot of things in our life, we don't know how to separate. Some of Come us, on. we got, we talk, uh, our pastor Des was saying last night, there's good soul tie and bad soul tie. Yeah, Some yeah. of us, we're, we're so soul tie to our mother, our father, our, our children, our friends, our, our, the place where we live in. I never move from this area. And God is saying, no, but I have something greater for you over here. Get up, mm. go, move, yeah, right? Yeah. And we're stuck in the cycle and the, the, the familiarity of, of our life and the mundane and the routine things that we're so accustomed to do it that we don't know how to transition when God is saying, this is the moment, this is the season for you to shift, for you to come out of the things, the old, and embrace something new. There is something new that God wants to to give every mm. last one of you their new ideas, their new uh, businesses, their new friendship. Oh my God, we don't know. I keep saying we have to explore the possibilities of God. There, yeah. there needs to be a season of divine ex explosion or exploring, exploring the things of God. What is it that is locked up on the inside of you that you don't even know that there's so much greatness on the inside yes, of you yes. that you, you haven't even scratched the surface of what God has placed on the inside of you. You remember his if he blew the breath of life on the inside of you, that if God himself, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, there is nothing. The Bible says with Christ Jesus, all things are possible. That mean if we really come in agreement with God, I remember, oh my God, prophet, I was in the shower yesterday and I said, you know what? Why can't I, I can't do all these things. I begin to say, yeah, God, yeah. I'm coming into agreement with, with the will over my life. I, it's not about how I feel because I know I'm not doing it. It's the Christ on the inside of me. Yes. And so when you come into partnership, a lot of us, we partner with everybody else, but we have yet to truly partner and mm. seal the deal with the Holy Ghost. When you partner with him, he is the greatest partner you can ever have. Because yes, he, on. oh my God, he is the greatest partner you can have have partner with the Holy Ghost. He will lead you and guide you. He said he will teach us all things. He knows everything. He knows every language. <laughs> he knows every region. He knows every country. He knows every system. He knows the economic system. He knows the educational system. He knows the political system. He knows it all. So you have to partner 
with the Holy Spirit so that he can help guide you in the season of your life yeah. because there you have so much potential. You have so much potential. All the listeners out there, you have so much potential. There is so much greatness on the inside of you. And you have to begin to explore the possibilities of what all it is that God has impregnated you with. What are you carrying? What are you filled up? What what is it that is so glorious and so magnificent? Like apostle would say that will be effectual. And will be influential that will change your life, change your family, change the world around you. You have to, you have to make up in your mind. You have to have a hunger and a desire for things, for the things of God and, and, and for, for a move of God and for your life to change. But I wanted to talk even early, we were talking about, and I feel like we want to talk about even for those that are believers and just those in general, I'm looking, honey, and I just see how. Man, this thing with social media is really uh, what should be a blessing is really being detrimental to a lot of people. And we don't understand how it even has is destroying even our relationship with God. What God was showing me this morning when I was on the prayer line and I was on my um, I had, you know, when you have your phone, you're on the prayer line. Um, I looked up and, you know, when uh, my little alerts come and I had an alert from CNN and I just clicked on it. And even in that, I heard the Holy Spirit say, this is what a lot of people are doing, that they're really not spending time with me. They're really not spending quality time with me. They're on their phone. They're on social media. They're, they're so distracted where we get so caught up in, and I'm looking at people and it's like, man, it's a setup of the enemy that we gravitate to it so much and we don't feel validated or relevant unless we have, uh, we're doing so much. And I'm looking at so many faces, honey, like it brought tears to my eyes that even those that are in Christian and those that are in the world that their their soul is lost and but they're 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 so consumed with with social media and they're putting up pictures and images and and trying to present something that's not reality but deep down I look and I see souls that are hurting I see souls that are confused I see souls that are lost and and just being pulled away by the wind and 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 they're not really they're they're not really who they you know it's a it's a it's a deception right and we know the enemy he works in deception he's a deceiver and so he's caught he has us caught up in the imagery and all these things that I, I bring when you were talking this morning I literally just want to cry like I just felt the spirit of the Lord just quicken my belly and I just wanted to begin to cry and I said God we we have the wrong perspective in life like this thing these things that we're we're chasing after the Bible said they won't last long and in and, and my heart cried because to see somebody that externally have all these things and know that their soul would perish in hell that that grieves me to the core of my being and i'm like no amount of prada louis vuitton gucci the all the name you know all the expensive uh stuff that we love and desire nothing's wrong with it but i'm saying that without christ that without the holy spirit is not is it's, it's useless. It literally is useless. So my, my heart is crying out. How do we, oh God, how do you, this, this deception is so real and people are so lost and they're so caught up on the imagery and, 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 oh, Father, help us this morning. I just pray for you. I pray for those that are out there that are being pulled away.
by the distractions in life and the things that we think are so important, but it's yeah, yeah, it's really not important. What we need now in this world, we need God. We need Amen. the presence of Hallelujah. the Holy Spirit more than yeah. ever before. We need him. People need an encounter with God. They need to experience the love of Jesus Christ. They need to experience the power of God. That's what changes us. That's what compels the heart of man. When you have an encounter with God, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. And we need to have encounter. We need to have a revelation of really who Christ is. And so I prayed this morning that for those that are listening out there, I pray for you this morning. I pray that you will have an encounter with God. I pray that you will meet the real deal, the Holy Ghost. I pray that somehow that you will invite him into your home, into your family, into your life, because we're going to need him in these last days. Yeah. Amen. You're not going to be able to survive without him. We need him. It's no getting around it. We need the Holy Ghost. When things begin to crash in our life, when things begin to happen, and I just want to encourage you that there's so much greatness on the inside of you. Don't doubt who you are. Don't get distracted by the enemy. Don't allow the voices of other people. Don't allow confusion to settle in. But God has a plan for your life. And you have to have a desire for him. You have to have a change of appetite, a change of desire. You have to change just like you change your garment, just like you change your clothes in in the different seasons of your life. It is time for you to change your garment. It is time for you to give care to your spiritual life and your walk with Jesus Christ. It is time for you to put on the garments that God had prepared for you. He has given you new garments. He's given you a new drink, a new wine, a new thought life, a new perspective on life. You have to embrace the new. You have to learn to walk away from the old and accept the newness that God has given to us. I believe God is releasing something new to us in the earth. And we have to learn if somebody's given you something, you have to accept it. You have to want it. You have to receive it. You got to be willing to open up the package that God has for you. Yeah, yeah that's that's. That's really good. You you said um, you said uh, just when you were talking about uh, we need an encounter, and then even uh, before that, when you were going back and you were talking about uh, exploring, those two things were standing out to me. But when you were just saying that about encountering, we have to have an experience with the Lord. We have to have a true encounter. Yeah. You know, uh, and when you're saying that. It's, it, it takes the encounter to cause us to think differently. It takes a true experience to cause us to think differently. And so I, I want to say that if you look, remember Saul on the Damascus road, he had an experience, yeah. and an encounter, and that changed his life. And for us to change and shift into something new, we have to have a metamorphosis of the mind. We have some kind of transformation has to take place. Yeah. It has to take place. And so you got to realize this is that when Paul Saul had his experience, he saw a light and he heard a voice. Now, although the other men were around him, they could not see that light, but he saw the light, but they heard something. Everybody that you're around won't get what you are getting. Everybody won't understand quite the place that you're in. But sometimes when God is God's light is illuminating, it brings an awareness and an understanding to us because Saul asked the question when the light came and he fell off the horse. He said, who, who, who art thou? And he said, Lord, the same Lord that he that he 
was the same people that he was persecuting. Now he's coming into a, a confrontation with Jesus, whom he was persecuting. And the Lord didn't say to him, he didn't say when that light came and he fell off, he didn't say uh, about persecuting uh, uh, my people. He said, you're persecuting me. Yeah. You're persecuting me. But it took an experience and an encounter with the light of the Lord. That encounter caused him to see differently because guess what? Now he's blinded to his old way of seeing things. He's blinded them three days. That represents he's now blinded. The way he used to see things, he wanted to kill the, uh, he wanted to see them dead. He was willing to round up and uh, men and women, because it says that he was willing to bring men and women before just to bring them into captivity. And so you got to realize, but when he came into in, in, an encounter with the Lord, when he had an experience with the true Lord, what took place was that God's illuminating light transformed him. Now he thinks differently. He sees differently. His old way of seeing is now gone because now he's blind. And the Lord has him blind for three days. And he went through a process. And when his eyes were open, he opened his eyes as a new transformed man. And he goes, he has a metamorphosis. He has an experience with the Lord and now has a metamorphosis. Metamorphosis is transferring tra uh, transformation from one thing, an old thing, to a better, brand new, glorious thing. He had a metamorphosis, a transformation in his mind, transformation in his eyes. He was blind and did not, when his eyes was restored, he now had a new sight. He was not seeing like he once saw. But it takes an, an, an encounter and it takes an experience with the Lord to see differently. We have that's to be good. blinded to the old way of seeing things. Wow, that's And so good, when we prophet. have a metamorphosis and a true experience with the Lord, what happens is we see different. Now, when God begins to speak to some of us into our hearts, the Lord might say, it's your season to shift. I want to enlighten you. I want you to understand some things, so I'm going to speak to you. And in that season, you got to realize this. There might be some people like those that were with Saul because it said that Saul saw the light and heard the voice, but they did not see the light. So that means the Lord could be speaking mm. to you. The Lord's showing you the That's light. Good. I need you to go. That's I'll good. be a lamp unto your feet Woo. and a light unto your path. And the Lord is saying, I need you to take the path and follow my light. I'm taking you to a place where I'm going to sustain you. And you might have people around you like Saul, uh, like Saul's people. They did not see the light. Mm. You'll have some people, I, I don't get why you're trying to do this. I, I don't see it. I don't mm. see why you're going to leave. You're in position here. Wow. I, why are you going to leave? They're not going to see the light or the illumination what the Lord is trying to show you. And so remember the word says, "Is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. God is simply saying, Father Light, I'm going to take you on this place. Follow me. And then when you follow him, it's a transformation. That encounter and experience, it changes you. It changes you, mm -hmm. and now you are transformed. Metamorphosis is the caterpillar to the stage, the pupa stage, where you're in the shell or the cocoon, and you're transformed in that place of being still and in the process place. Then you it's a metamorphosis, and even when a butterfly begins to come out of the shell, it has to wiggle. It has to shake its way out just to get out. It has to break free from that thing, that shell that helped, held it in there, and so then when it comes out, it can fly. God has taken many of you from a place of crawling to flying. There's a shift, and it doesn't have to be that long because even in the stage of the development and the transformation of the caterpillar there might be maybe 10 to 14 days and that thing goes from one form and it goes into a new form and so God is trying to do transformation for many of us and so you must have an encounter an encounter when you were saying that you have to have an encounter an experience that would change you and everybody is not going to see see it everybody's not going to see it wow and I think last week when you were talking about the transformation the metamorphosis for the caterpillar to the butterfly if you notice the two are two different they look two different creatures once 
Yes. <laughs> that thing hit me like crazy um, yesterday, you know, about the transformation. Um, you yeah. know, a lot of times we want to still hold on to the old us. And God may be completely trying to do a complete transformation, like uh, uh, into a total different, because he said, behold, all things become new, right? So there was a newness that that came for it. You saw the caterpillar transition into a butterfly, two different, two different animals. If you look at it, um, you know, you see what a, a caterpillar look like and you see what a butterfly look like. A butterfly now have wings and it's flying. And so God is trying to transform us and give us something brand new, but a lot of us still want to hold on to the old. And so we have to learn that complete metamorphosis of the caterpillar to the butterfly that God is possibly trying to do that with your life. Are you willing to go through the process and to become something new for God? Are you willing to walk away, which is again, die into the old self and walking into the newness of who you are? Yes, yes, yes. It's like, and I want you to come back because I want you to say that. I want you to say that again is that it's going into a new place. It's coming from the old and going into a new place. And you got to understand that when, you're, when it's the old thing and then you're shifting into a new thing, it's a shifting that takes place. To understand it's a shift. There's a shift. Whenever you shift a gear in a car, you're literally in one gear and you're going to the next gear. So that means you have to shift out of one gear. If you're in park and you're not driving, you have to shift it down three gears just to get to drive. So when there's a shifting, it actually you're you're transitioning from one gear to the next. When you're talking about shifting, when you're talking about upward mobility, when you're talking about ascensional progression, when you're talking about moving forward, from the old to the new, you're talking about a transitioning. You're talking about a transitioning, and that means there's a shifting. When you shift, you have to put in some work to pull down to the next gear. Wow, it's a good. gear shift. Yeah. It's a gear shift. You have to shift into a new gear, a new gear. So that's what you're saying. I want you to even uh, speak on that a little bit, just shifting into a new gear. Yeah. That, no, you think about it in our life, how many times we had to transition. So whether God, you know, transition us to a new career, right? A new place of uncomfortability, um, you know, a, a, even as growing up, like for me, I could look at so many shifts in my life that I was so fearful, so uncomfortable with, right? So of course, I had to transition, of course, from another country into a new country. That was very fearful, uncomfortable, but God had a plan behind all of that, right? So now I had to enter into a, a new, a total new world that was unfamiliar to me. The school system, the, the language of the land, the jargon. I had to learn how to adapt, how to accustom, even uh, changing the way I dress, the way I look. Everything about me was a metamorphosis. It was changing everything, the way, the way I spoke, everything was beginning to change about me I was used to being um, a basketball player I was love sports so for me wearing a dress nah I'm not doing any of that I was comfortable in my sneakers in my tennis shoes in my jeans right and not not caring about wearing makeup and all that crazy stuff but God still again you look at the metamorphosis the transition and the change he brought in my life if I was stuck in that mindset like uh, this is me, you know, like a lot of us, God sometimes is trying to strip us. And, and I, I, what I notice about God is 
you know, when he begins to do the molding and the breaking and the crushing of the process, it is, it is, it is us dying to self. So meaning sometime God would test you in the greatest areas of your life that he know that you hold dear to, that you love so much, because just like he did with Abraham, just see, it was a, a test to see if he would sacrifice his one and only son at the moment. Yeah, right. Yeah, and so yeah. God wants to test us to see what will we sacrifice? Are we willing to give up these things for him? So in, in, in little areas of our our life you know God knows what you like for some of us we we so I this is me and I love this and if God God forbid for some of us that he's even asking you to change the way you dress or the way you carry yourself uh that's you know we we what we do is we're not so sensitive to God that we're saying um, you know, we, we, like I talked about, um, I don't know if it was Sunday, but how we, we know how to, uh, twist up scripture for, for our own benefit. So we're, we're manipulating the word of God yes. for our own benefit. So like how we were like, Oh God, give us an instruction. And it, the Bible, we talking about prayer and how it is for us to be obedient to the instruction it is not for us to pray about it but every time where we're trying to get out of doing what god wants us to do we're quick to say i have to pray about it i gotta pray mm -hmm. about this mm -hmm. one and god is not saying for you to pray he has given you an instruction mm -hmm. and so god will often yes. give us instruction just like naaman when the prophet told him elijah told him go to the jordan dip seven times you know he didn't want to hear that way a lot of times we don't want it we don't want it the way how God has it for us. We want Absolutely. it our way. We don't want to obey the instruction of the Lord. We don't want to adhere to everything that he's telling us down. Why, why people like, why would God tell me to, um, this is me. This is my personality. This is how I am. I know God will change all of that and it's to bring him glory. And so you can't say God is not going to change that about you because in your eyes, in your opinion, you may think it's cute and it's fabulous, but God's saying, no, I want you to do away with that. That thing does not bring me glory. That things bring me vanity. I see, I see pride in that spirit. I see pride in your look. So I need to change that about you. I need to strip some things about you because if I don't bring it to your attention, if I don't bring correction to it, you're going to walk in a pitfall. You're going to walk in a trap and so we have to understand that God is a very detailed God and he pays attention to everything if our life is not bringing him glory we have to understand everything we do our posture our position the clothes we wear the way we look the way we talk the way we carry ourselves um what we were talking about last night um when uh pastor that's what we were saying in class last night about we never oh the watchman that somebody is watching the watchman that we never know who is watching us you Absolutely. never know as a man and woman of god how are you displaying and and i feel like a lot of us we're we're held accountable to god because we have portrayed whether it goes beyond the pastor or the prophet or the apostle or anybody that's in the office that is sinning against God, you as a Christian could be leading people in the wrong direction by your image, the way you dress, because guess what? The Bible says, follow me as I follow Christ. So if you're on your, your social media and you're saying you're a Christian, but you're portraying something, now people are going to take lightning thinking that's what Christianity is. I'm going to show my boobs. I'm going to show my butt. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to stick my tongue out. I'm going to do all all these provocative poses I'm going to do all these things really sit back we talk about mapping paying attention everything has a meaning everything has a reaction to it and we said this again count the cost every person that desire to be in ministry that you should count the cost and that doesn't mean you should run from it but you should really count the cost that there is a price to pay just like there's a you cannot go into your job any kind of way you can't go to work with your 
your your boobs hanging out or your butt hanging out or even you know your underwear showing and all these crazy stuff there is a standard there are, di there are different rules and there are different standards so in the body of Christ we have departed from the holiness and righteousness that thing is like a taboo word to speak about in a church and people get offended if nobody wants to see uh, your, your, your stomach or your boobs while you're worshiping or your butt cheek or anything or if I'm up there preaching I'm sure nobody wants to they, they didn't come to church to, to see my boobs or to see my butt cheek they came to hear from the Lord and so we have to be careful of what are we presenting what are we giving what are we feeding to the people of God and why is it that these spirits are keep running rampant in the body of Christ because we have not presented holiness and righteousness amen and so we still have we cannot negate from that we cannot and if we have to count the cost that there is a price to pay and there is criteria for the office that we're going to walk in whether it's the apostle whether it's the prophet whether it's That's the good. bishop the That's pastor good. the teacher guess what there is a standard and anybody else that tell you that god don't have a standard you need to go back in the word of god there are standards absolutely that that's really good and uh and you said something that uh and i've seen this i've seen this at churches and i've seen people get offended i've seen people come in to sing praise and worship and when a leader pulled them to the side and said um your shirt your skirt is too short or your or your 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 chest is hanging out i've seen people get offended at that and so i want to say is that you know it, it, there is a criteria criteria for christ in any office that you're going to walk in and it doesn't mean when i say an office i'm not even referring to just an office of a pastor or something like that it's but what Christian. i'm saying is that is that yeah a born again yeah. believer but so what i'm saying is that uh i've seen people get so offended they're ready to walk out but even on their jobs they are it's certain criteria no ripped jeans coming to work you can do casual friday with jeans but you can't wear ripped jeans and it's not a problem but it always seems like it's a problem when it comes to the church and you said something um uh earlier when you were saying that uh, uh when god speaks to us uh, and he doesn't give it to us the way we want we have a problem with it we kind of want it our way and you know burger king down through the years have always <laughs> had this slogan that says have it your way and so it's like to, to appeal and even while i'm saying that you know that do you know and i'm about to sidetrack real quick but do you know they uh changed the burger king slogan this year they did they did they changed it from have it your way to appeal to the millennials and now it's called be your way wow that is such a humanistic wow. approach to you things. know what i thought about when it said that be your way yeah well it appeals to everybody yeah. it yeah. appeals if uh, you can be lesbo be your way if you're a uh, uh, homosexual be your way if you're uh, if you're if you're um, a violent person be your way you can be your or way pansexual this new thing I'm be your about. way wow. yeah be your way all of it. it be your way and so that appeals to to the youth generation and so it's it's just amazing how you know these are the things that, and even when i see that even though that's burger king I, I i still see that in the church where it's like uh not just the church but just as a body and it's like you see where everything you know we're just gonna allow you to be you yeah. no correct no correction no adjustments we're going to just allow you to be you and the reason why you go through boot camps you go through training you go through seminars you go through conferences to learn things on a job is so you can be the best you not the efficient you not the sufficient you but the proficient you so you go through these trainings so you can become better and the thing is that many times and this is the danger of people and definitely a, a lot with youth is that many times it's so much that's bothered up that that we want to say or that people might want to say but you have to get the the, the tact the discretion the wisdom 
wisdom how to say some things because if not you're going to be a loose cannon it's not just for youth but you see it oftentimes with this generation everybody has a voice everybody wants something to say and many times a lot of things that might come out if you're not careful it can come out without wisdom and it can come out and it can even portray even youth to look ignorant and so even when I tell the young guys that I'm around the young people I say listen before you go out there and you start speaking you know think pause take a breath you got to have wisdom tact and discretion when you go out there and you're just saying things don't be a loose lip don't be loose lip and just throwing out words and it's like you just sinking ships because some of the things that might just come out and now when i see somebody that's older there's not even a youth when i see somebody that's like 30 40 50 60 and they still got loose lips sinking ships sometimes you just want to say where was your training wow. what was your training and so don't know how we went down that lane, but it's important yeah. to be around wisdom. Yeah. It's important to be around wisdom. And not to be a stumbling block. Because, you yeah. know, the, the biggest thing we would say, remember, we are to win souls for Christ. So the biggest thing people would say, well, that's they, that's their issue. I don't have that issue, right? And the Bible talks about not being a stumbling block to our brothers and sisters. So it's not a lot of times that I may deal with a <laughs> lust issue. But I'm not going to be a stumbling block if I know because the body of Christ, where we are, that people are coming and they're coming for healing. They're dealing with struggles. So I don't want to come knowing my brother or sister may be struggling to sin because I love you that much. I would rather wear something that would not be a distraction to you, that would not cause you to fall in sin because I wouldn't want to be in church and you're lusting off of my behind or you're lusting off of something. And it's not to say that there's something right because we'll get to the, you know, some people will defend, well, that's them. I, I'm free and I want to wear what I want to wear. But when you love, love sacrifice, love care about the next person. So if, if you're if you're struggling with a thing, I'm not going to entice you to stay and be stuck in that place. I'm going to do whatever it takes to help you come out of that place. And, and whatever it takes, that what love does and love never quits. And so we have to learn to never quit on each other. But we have to be our brothers and our sisters keeper. Yeah, and we yeah. when we get to know the Bible says, know those that labor amongst you. So if I know somebody that is a brother or sister is struggling in a particular area, I'm not going to bring anything around them that will entice them. I'm not going to be careful with conversation or different things that I know in the area they're struggling. Just give a simple example like food. So we're not going to go down all that negative path, but think about food. So I know if my brother or sister is struggling and they're trying to lose weight or they're trying to get into a healthy place and I, I'm not going to sit there and eat two burgers in front of them to entice them to want to eat it, right? I would just sacrifice and wait till I'm in my own personal space, but that's what we do for brothers and sisters, yeah, so we have yeah. to look at it in other areas. If you know your brother and sister is struggling with an area of lust and you can't judge them because they're, they're, they're trying to get free and yeah, so you yeah. want to help them to get free, so I'm not going to sit there and I'm talking to you with all my chest hanging out and then you're gonna be like oh they they the one with the lust issue they looking at my chest yeah but you got it all hanging out why don't you just help your brother your sister and just cover up yeah with this, you yeah. know and, and i agree with, i agree with everything that you said and um except the one part if i'm hungry and you fast in the day <laughs> that, that's, that's on you <laughs> listen that's if i'm terrible. hungry today listen listen not talking I, about yeah, fasting it, it, it was, if you fasting and terrible. i'm not fasting on that day i'm hungry let me tell you i agree with everything except that one. Listen, that burger if somebody else you can be trying to lose weight but listen when i'm hungry i'm still munch that burger in front of you just be Discipline. This you be Terrible. disciplined. I'ma still eat that burger. This is a test for you. 
Yeah, but no, you. I've seen people where I've encouraged a person to keep eating. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. That, yeah that's, so that's, that's my our son. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, he does it. <laughs> he does it. My God. Come and put that big old cheeseburger, hamburger in your face and just got you all jacked up, all messed up. Yeah. Yeah. But what what's some of the things that's happening out there that, you know, in the world? We see we see a lot you of stuff what? happening. Yeah, you know what? Out they, there. Yeah, it, it's um uh, it's always something. It, 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 and the, the thing is, the truth is is that it really is always something and we can't even escape that or get rid of it but you know what we still got to just keep moving forward i want to read keep something moving forward. i want to read something that i saw on um cnn so i want to read this uh one real quick and so uh we remember all that uh we were saying i believe it was last week and we talked about the article on cnn that talked about the six children that were killed uh in the crossfires of uh, the july 4th weekend remember we talked about that on monday that wasn't last week that was on monday wow mm-hmm. My God, it seemed yeah. like time is flying because yeah. it seemed like that was a week ago. But anyway, and so you saw it was different kids from different states. One was uh, New York, one was Chicago, one was San Francisco, one was Washington, and the other was like Alabama, I believe. And so you saw those kids um, uh, being killed, and it was such a sad thing. And so I want to read this uh, article, CNN, comedian Ricky Smiley's 19-year-old daughter shot multiple times. Yeah. For those that don't know who Ricky Smiley is, you would see him, um, he used to uh, – uh, uh, be a lot on um on on uh bet you can see him he was a comedian he performed a lot you know he has his own show uh different things and so he's speaking on what happened with his own daughter and so listen the 19 year old daughter of comedian and syndicated radio host ricky smiley is currently recovering after being shot during an alleged road rage incident smiley per- posted an emotional video monday in which he said his daughter Erin was in one of a group of people wounded in houston over the july 4th weekend that's another place houston let me say this mm-hmm. so that's another listen this is not just in one location these are major cities that is happening houston you know new york washington dc chicago uh, um, all these major cities san francisco atlanta all these major cities are where you saw this stuff take place and so he was saying i'm so mad right now I don't know what to do, said Smiley, who hosts the Ricky Smiley Show morning show and is one of the stars of Dish Nation. The reason I'm on Facebook Live is because I just want you to see that it's raw and it's real. I want you to see what parents have to deal with when their children become victims of gun violence. Investigators told CNN affiliate KTRK that following an altercation at a separate location, a suspect pulled up to a car at a red light on Houston's south side and just opened fire. Smiley's daughter was in a different vehicle at the light, according to investigators, and was caught in the crossfire. Three other vehicles transported themselves to a hospital and all are expected to survive their injuries. So listen, and he tweeted that his daughter had successfully successfully made it out of uh, the surgery. My daughter made it out of her operation, he tweeted. She's doing great. Thank you for your prayers. She just turned 19 days before the shooting. 19, who turned 19 days before the shooting, posted a photo of blood-drenched seat in a vehicle on Instagram. Wow. This is the most terrifying thing that has ever happened to me, the caption read. I won't be out of the hospital for a while, nor will I be able to walk for a while due to nerve damage. She also shared an image that appeared to have been taken from a hospital bed. The fact that the bullets that went through my legs were armored rifle uh, rifled bullets made me to go through anyhow I'm reading this just how it looks to go through anything how they got through the car but the one that would have hit me in the head was not that kind and ended up lodged in the car wow 
God, a note accompanying the picture read, words can't describe how grateful I am to be alive right now. So she almost got shot in the head, and she got shot multiple times, but lived and survived. And, and you will see what the father, Richie Smiley, what he's gone through, the emotional, the um, um, turmoil yeah. that he's feeling, the anger. And, you know, just not even being able to be there to protect his daughter. She was caught in the crossfire. People are getting killed who are not even... They're not even the ones that they're intending to kill, but they're getting shot. They're getting hurt. They're being injured. And so it's a sad thing. But he said something that I wanted to bring up. He said, I just got online to talk about this just because I want the people to know how real and how raw it is. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to something that I've been saying. Sometimes we can hear about people dying. We can hear about people dying with COVID. We can hear about all the catastrophes, but it never moves us because it's never touched close to home. Mm. And so sometimes you have to be able to have the compassion of the Lord. Listen, compassion is the prerequisite for the gifts of healing. If things like this don't move you just by reading, then there's a problem. There needs to be a shifting in your mind. If these type of things don't move you, there's been so many senseless killings and these things should penetrate our heart. It should cause us to fall on our knees to really pray and repent for the nation, but to really fall on our knees and just pray for guidance, pray for clarity, pray on what to do. And the thing is, he said something and I'm going to say it again. He said, I'm just on here letting everybody know this is real and this is raw. So I'm letting parents uh, um, know this is what we go through when something happens to our children. And the thing is, there are still a group of people who none of these killings, it's just like water going off of our back, off a of duck's back. It really is not doing anything to some of us. It's like, look, it ain't my family, so they can't feel it. And I've met people that's like, listen, I, I, I don't know why I just feel like this, but I don't have that. I don't have that kind of, I, don't, I just don't have that kind of heart. I'm not a bad person, but if I see somebody on the street or they're hurting, my heart don't hurt. The way they look at it is like uh, they should have got a job. They should have did better in life. There are people out there like that that lacks compassion for an individual, not knowing the individual's story. And so until some things get close to your neighborhood or gets close to your home, there are some people who would never have the compassion for that. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I don't even want to, you know, I've, I've only experienced that with the, you know, the death of my sister, so I can only imagine, you know, what that feel like, especially when something is unexpected, and it's, you know, it's different when somebody's sick, but somebody die out of nowhere, and especially, thank God she's alive, and that, um, you know, she's still at a young age, and so I, I pray that, you know, God, miracle work and power will resurrect her back that she'll be able to walk again and that she can testify of the goodness of the lord um but yeah that's it, yeah sometimes we get so disconnected i think in life period when things happen until it happens to home we we're so busy in our own world we're so happy when things are going well for us but sometimes we don't get into somebody else's world to experience the pain that they may be experiencing and so that's how jesus healed he he was always he led he was led by compassion and you always talk about the prerequisite for the gift of healing is compassion yeah yeah so those that are called and healing and what's you know what's funny what i thought about even this time of covid people that you know that i know or people that say they are called to to healing and miracles and signs and wonder oh come on tell <laughs> you, i know where you're going you better go in. I mean, you know people go going there. they they people ain't like but tell the truth no let me do a moonwalk go back say it if you don't say it i'm gonna say it for you all 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 these bold uh people from god healing and i've seen healings all my life the lord has used me to heal all of my life since i was seven years old i've had i've had pastors 
to tell me that I said, I, I've been flowing in the gift since I was about eight or nine years old. I've been doing this. I've been flowing in it. The Lord speaks to me. And it's the same ones that talk about and brag on how much God uses them to heal. But you always taking cover hiding under your bed during COVID. <laughs> you ain't been on. You ain't prayed for one person. Everybody that's sick. You know what I'm saying? You, you locking them Terrible. out the door of your house. I'll be like, Lavelle, you terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Lavelle word, savage. You know, savage. Lavelle, yeah. But listen, it, it's, it, it, it makes you think. And listen, we know about wisdom. We understand that. But let me ask you a question. Because I, this is what I do in class typically, because I always try to provoke someone's critical thought in class. So I would ask you the question. We know that we obey the laws of the land. We know that we, uh, that we have to use wisdom, put on masks, put on your gloves, wash your hands, Purell, hand wipes, uh, sanitizer, whatever it may be. But let me ask you a question. I want you to think on this. I'm going to ask you a question. The God that you always say you believe heals, or let me focus on the people that always brag, because a lot of times you see like the clergy, clergy folks are the ones that brag. They don't always, a lot of times they say what God does. God spoke to me last night. God spoke to me about this. He spoke to me about COVID and they only came out after COVID, but you know, it was very, very few that spoke about it before it took place last year. And so what I want to say is, all those that keep saying God has used me to heal, I walk in the gifts of healing. People are healed every every Sunday in my church, this and this. But if you walk in that great mantle, I'm going to just say this. Did Jesus go hide? No. No. Simply. And some people say, oh, you got to obey the law of the land. Hey, I get all. I get that. But I'm, I'm saying this. I, I want you. I want to provoke your critical thought. This is why I'm asking the question. Did Jesus hide? The God that you always talk about that heals, that uses you to heal, where are you? Pause. I'm only doing this. I'm just going to ask the question. I'm just going to let them marinate on this because I want them to think about this. And so, and also I'm going to say this, with everything being shut down, have you ever thought about this? I'm just provoking your critical thought. And this is what they do in class. So if you all don't know, you all, I'm just going to adjust you to this. I'm going to ask you the question. With everybody that has been locked in their houses for all these months. Do you not think that the elitists of the land that you don't see have had a conversation at their round table saying the test worked. It's easy to shut the church down. Mm. It's easy to shut the church down. Catastrophe, tragedy, pandemic, whatever you call it, we can shut them down. And we can shut them down greater the next time. Because what you guys don't know is behind the scenes, what you don't see is this is what they're aiming to do. And, you know, there's a certain place in California where the, they made a law that you can uh, during Sunday services, they can come, but they can't worship. They can't sing songs. They already trying to do that here. What? Yes, I'm gonna pull up the article. Yeah, it's it's uh, um, um, I just found out about this yesterday. What? Yes. And so my thing is, what are we going to do? Well, hey, the laws of the land said I can't sing. They'll start telling you, you can't have Bibles in your home. What if that day was today? So we're not going to experience that today or next week or next month. But don't you dare think that there is not any plans behind the scene to rid this in years to come. So my thing would be is, what do you do? Well, I got to obey the laws of the land. I can't have a Bible in my home. I can't. Oh, I can't pray. Because remember, they did it to Daniel when they 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 they. The only fault they could find in him was in his in his Lord. 
And so they try to make God's righteousness unlawful. And so when Daniel would go to pray, they set it up. So because they knew he was not going to compromise. But many of us are not a Daniel. So they changed that law just to get Daniel. And so Daniel still kept praying. But what would we do? What would you do? And they said, you can't pray to nobody. Well, I'm a, I'm, I was going to throw a sidebar joke and mess with you because. <laughs> You're going to mess up the moment. Go ahead and bring I'm it up. I'm messing the moment because, you know, I thought about, I was like, babe, what if you were, you know, Daniel or the three Hebrew boys and they threatened to throw you in a fire because I know how you hate heat. You just get. <laughs> I know. I, you know what I would say? I would say, listen, I was like, hey, you remember the story of Mordecai and Haman? <laughs> Can I go out Can that way? Just end it quick. <laughs> not, oh, not hang me. No, there's a difference. Guillotine and hanging. That's a difference. Oh, don't put that out there. No, listen, I don't want to be hanged because that's a torturous death. <laughs> if, if there's a proper way to do a hanging that if they do it right, your neck will snap and you just die. But when you don't do it the right way, you end up suffocating and strangling to death. I don't want to go out that way. I'm like, if I have to go out, make it quick. <laughs> make not, it quick. I'm not going just, to die, my Lord, but not by fire. <laughs> Please, don't yeah, yeah no, no. That, that's listen. And listen, God forbid if that's what it was. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna turn my back on God. I'm not gonna turn my back on God. But I will say, if I had a choice, they say choose your weapon of choice. How you want to go? And it's a guillotine. It's fire. It's drowning. It. Whatever it is, I say guillotine. End it quick. End it quick. <laughs> this day you shall be with me in paradise. <laughs> <laughs> you need help. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd rather be that uh, instead of squirming at the death. No, no, no. Let's uh, end it quick so I can just uh, go home because I know that's where I'm going. Truth is, I know that even if it's like, listen, the the, the suffering of, of whatever you have to go through, even if it's as a martyr, as great as the agony might be, that suffering is a short time compared to the glory that we will encounter. And I know when I die, I know I'm going to heaven. I know that I don't. Have, there was a season in my life where I questioned that I'll go through it if I had to. But the thing is, I'm going to make it to heaven. Now, with that being said, I don't want my head cut off. I don't want to go through the fire. Yeah. <laughs> and listen, people say, well, if you're if you're if you're strong and chosen by the Lord, then you're going to go through you, it anyway. You want to go up in the rapture. Listen, the thing is, but but the truth is the truth. Even Jesus Christ was praying to pray in the garden of Gethsemane. You got to the rapture. Listen, I'm going to make it to heaven. I know that's right. I'm going to heaven. Hallelujah. Heaven is my home. Heaven is my portion. Yes, Lord. Y'all hear me? I, I'm going to say that again. We're going to put that in the atmosphere. Heaven, because I know that. And, heaven, and, I'm, uh, and, and I know heaven, heaven. Oh, yeah, I love that song. Oh, but heaven heaven is my portion. And heaven, heaven is our portion. And heaven why is you your portion. To, why trying in my because, moment to say because, heaven on Because earth, ain't nobody got time with four minutes left before the show closed for you to go into praise and worship. And wonder, yes, I love that sound song. Of many waters, Let me give you a quick hand. Heaven on earth. Oh, come on, y'all sing it with me. Heaven, heaven on earth. Oh, come on, sing prophet. That's the song. Heaven. Come on, somebody, come on. on let her know we love her. Come on, <laughs> let her know we love her. Hallelujah. Hey, hey, hallelujah. Come on, we bless you, I, Lord. I was going to ask you that. <laughs> <laughs> Try to go to praise the worship. Y'all see that? My God. Is it everybody out there? What is your pastor? Is your pastor a crier, a hooper, a hollower, a shouter? We got prophet say I got two minutes. I got one minute to say this. Because I always when I when I used to well, I visited one particular or different churches, but I noticed Baptists would have a hmm 
or hooping. Is that hooping or what do you call it? Or well, that, like it that was wasn't hooping. That, that was what, that? That's what happens when the, when an animal gets shot by the hunter. <laughs> that's, that's not hooping. Was like, that was, I don't know what that was. That was a death moan. That's <laughs> so not what that wrong. was. That, no, Terrible. The, the hooper is, is it, the hooper is like. Let me the, see a hooper. The, the hooper is when the past ain't really got to say much of anything. He can do. The, he, you ever seen hoopers that they just can do the alphabets and people going the organist going back them up. Now I know my ABCs and next time won't you sing with me somebody say yes that's that's what you call that's hooping that's not my realm (laughs) but I can imitate it because I grew up in it but that ain't my realm but listen (laughs) if y'all know y'all know see y'all don't know this I'm gonna break some out y'all know I do impressions too so now the thing is yeah no no not no no, you got it what do you mean come on no it's not enough time five minutes no, we don't have five we minutes. We don't have five minutes. No, we don't have five yes, minutes. Yes, we do. No, we don't. Somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> we gonna go right into it. Because if my wife gets a chance, she'll go right into praise and worship oh. right now. Listen, it's yes. been a good day. It's been a blessed day. So, Father, we bless you and we honor you and we thank you because today belongs to you. It's your day, just like every day is. Not doesn't matter. Voice. It doesn't matter what we're going through. <laughs> but, God, I thank you because you are good. So, Father, I pray that you cover each one under the sound of my voice. Father, established today father we command our mornings father and father even that's what we should be doing even in the in the in the seventh in the eighth watch father to begin to command our morning so god we love you (laughs) god we honor you god i thank you and even as my wife is trying to get me to laugh while i'm praying my god forgive the woman that hey, thou hast given me. Somebody need to laugh Father, out there. we bless you and we honor you. We give your name the praise and glory. In <laughs> Jesus' name. Listen. Listen. It's a good day. It's a good day. She's trying it. She's trying it. I'm, I'm going to still be professional. I'm going to still be professional. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Let's good go. morning. Good morning. We're coming to a conclusion. We're coming to a conclusion. Of another blessed of day. Of another blessed day. And listen, I'm so professional. She and can I'm do so what she does. <laughs> and I'm going to keep it going. Because I ain't going to break. That's what you call not efficient, not sufficient. Uh, That's what you call proficient. <laughs> proficient. I'm going to be professional. I'm going to be professional. So listen, it's been a blessed it's day. It's been a blessed day. A glorious a morning. A glorious morning. A brand new day. A brand new day. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. Why is it beautiful? Because you're beautiful. Not because I'm beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not powder puff. But listen, oh. my God is beautiful, <laughs> but we're in his neighborhood. That makes today What's a, powder pop? a, a brighter, brighter day. day. This is Prophet J. Prophet is for y'all. And listen, this is Brighter <laughs> Days in the Morning. I'm just one half of the Brighter Day Morning Show all by myself. I'm not that good flying solo, but I tend to think we make a dynamic duo. Like two peas in a pod, not twins, more like twits. Twix. That's how you do it? Twix. That means Twix. It's something with some substance in the mix. <laughs> That means you got to chew on what you heard and what you learned. And it's always Christ's perspective, and we apply it with the word. Listen, but simply a voice to provoke and inspire. Inspire. But to cause an awakening in you. An awakening. Is our greatest desire. Yes, it is. That awakening brings life, hope, joy, peace, deliverance, transformation. And when we speak, simply speaking, the key is to life. life. Yes. This is Inspiration360Radio.com. It is the home of inspiration. Mm, motivation let's pause right here <laughs> we can't even end properly i was setting it up the mood was right this is simply inspiration360radio.com 
home of inspiration, motivation, and, and transformation. transformation. Listen, as always, you matter to God. That means you matter to us. We love you. And from our family to your family, we simply always say, Team, Team Jesus, Jesus all, all the way. way. Please Y'all visit us at 7431 Old Alexandria Ferry Road. That's in Clinton, Maryland, Suite 202. We would love to have you. We are open. Service is open. So please come out. But and, let me and fix that because it's not 202. <laughs> Oh, it's not. <laughs> you know, it's a two nineteen. Oh wow, <laughs> two seventeen, two nineteen. Yes, in that vein. Yeah, you. They would have been going up in another door. Yes. My God. So please come to Kita Life Global <laughs> Ministry. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Twitter. Yes. <laughs> uh, you can follow Prophet Jared and I under Jared and Fiona Rogers at um, on Facebook. So please follow us. Um, we would love to have you a part of our service, a part of our worship, a part of our prophetic class, our intercessory school. So please come apart and be a part of the family. We love y'all so much. And since my husband won't let me clown anymore, I guess we got to close out in prayer because he's really just, you know, not letting me joke anymore. I feel like clowning. I feel like laughing. Come on, clap your hand, everybody. We already know where she goes. <laughs> Listen, you know y'all, y'all want to hear me rap out there? Be blessed. No, we don't. Be blessed. See you Friday.